0: So, we left off last week with the paragraph, we love one another in order to get something ourselves. That, in fact, is what passes for love in the dream world. There can be no greater mistake than that, for love is incapable of asking for anything. And Nancy, you were going to make a comment around this.
1: I said, could that also be uh, not expecting anything? Like not not, not having expectations?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And as so we... then you can't
1: be disappointed.
0: Exactly, exactly. And it's not only of people, it's of everything, because last week we were talking about living a life that resembles a love story and falling in love with life, not just falling in love with a person and then out of love with that person and then maybe finding another person to fall in love with and possibly falling out of love with that person and loving our neighbor and then not liking them anymore and loving our boss and then after three months when the honeymoon's over not loving our boss anymore. And so it, then life becomes a love-hate relationship which is the common term we use so much, love-hate relationships. And it's showing up constantly as a tug, an emotional tug of war. A love-hate relationship is an emotional tug of war and it never feels good because it it seems like somebody's always gotta win or you're in a constant state of tension. Visualize what a tug-of-war is with a rope. It's constant tension until the point where one surrenders not in love but loses all hope and gives up. Falls on the ground and the other one jumps as the victor screaming that they won and the other one lost. Typically a tug-of-war looks like that. And so love-hate relationships look like that too, if we get honest with ourselves. And so there's always one that's got to be on top and then there's the underdog that loses out. And so what you were saying, Nancy, is about personal relationships, very true. All kinds of personal relationships, whether it's family, friends, primary love relationships, work, it applies to all of them. Over and above that, it applies to our relationships with the world that surrounds us because much of the misery that we feel of the suffering that we go through emotionally has to do with the tangible world. I can love my, wor- my, my job the first month or two and then all of a sudden I become slightly more dispassionate and slightly more dispassionate to the point where at some point I might actually hate my job, that which I used to love. And the job may have not changed at all. My perception is the one that changed. Even though my job description, if I'm in a very large corporate situation, my job description may have not been altered one tiny bit. My perception was altered greatly. And and that happens with our objects, the objects that we attract and desire in our lives. Just think about how it feels to sit in your brand new car for the first time. You're in love with that new car at that moment when you first get it. You know, three, four years later, are you still in love with that new car? And if you didn't change it after nine years, are you still in love with that new car? Good question. So it's it's all of those things and so now let's let's take it to a really personal level. I'm going to really personalize this thing. You know, when I was 25 years old, I was pretty satisfied with the way I looked and my attitude about me at that time, I projected myself as being pretty satisfied with how I looked. That is not the same story today. <laughs> not at all the same story today. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so) And so today, it's about really finding that capacity within myself to love myself. I may not like every change that I perceive about my physiology. I may not like every change on the wear and tear on my car that requires more and more maintenance each day, and my body requires more and more maintenance each day, clearly. And so the the process is to get to the point of being able to love the maintenance because I care deeply for what the vehicle called car does for my body and my personality, which gives me a tremendous amount of freedom. My car is a wonderful gift in my life. And my body is a wonderful gift to my soul because it gives my soul the same mobility as my car gives my body at the level of mobility and experience. And so to I try every day to find something to love about my body and the gift of my body for this experience. And so in doing so, it it doesn't mean that I go into denial about the aging process. It just simply means that I go into appreciation about everything that is still good about it and everything that is working well about it and the amount of freedom and vitality that I still experience. And so this is true. Of anything and when 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 we get into the material world because that's the world we're living in our relationships with everything we have relationships with circumstances with people and with objects you know we we have a relationship with 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 a, a toaster you know and some people get so impatient with their toaster they might actually throw it on the floor you know and that's a bad relationship with your toaster When 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 you get angry to that level or with anything or or with anything. You know, I've I've actually seen people pick up a remote control and throw it against a wall when when the team on the on the screen is not doing what they think it should be doing. (laughs) So and so it's like at what point in time do we say, have I lost my senses around anything in life? You know, if if I'm going to kick the tire on my car, have I lost my senses? Or where am I with this relationship with the world around me? And that's what this is talking about. So, Nancy, when you say letting go of expectations, it's yes, with, with everything. With everything. And the answer, the other side of... The positive side to letting go of expectations, we always speak of that corner, that two-edged sword, is placing on it only as much as I can give it. I'm only going to get back from it what I extend to it. My car is going to treat me as well as I treat it. As well as I take care of it, that's how well it's going to take care of my transportation needs. My body is only going to treat me at a feeling, how am I going to feel physically, as well as I treat it. And it's always going to be, it's my responsibility first. I've got to give first in order to get something back. If I don't do the oil change and change the spark plugs, that car is never going to give me anything back other than bad performance. If I don't do exercise, eat well, sleep well, meditate, and appreciate, my body's going to kick me in the tush constantly around not behaving the way I would like it to. And it's going to show up in every form of dis-ease possible. And so it is with our relationships so that when I'm expecting my neighbor to treat me well, why is that neighbor so grumpy? What is it that I'm not giving to that neighbor that is the root motivator for that person to want to not give me anything, which is what I'm expecting something in return and so I'm being disappointed. So my answer is if I'm not liking the result I'm getting from my neighbor or my coworker, what is it that I'm not giving that's causing me to not receive what I'm desiring? So what this just said was this, we should never expect anything from a place of love because love has no expectations. Love is freely given. And so if we want to receive love from any aspect of this dimension we're living in, we can hold no expectation of anyone and only give freely, and then we will be pleasantly surprised beyond our expectations. Yes, Sonny?
2: the standpoint, I'm just gonna have the, the same the analogy. I felt like I gave and gave and gave and gave, but it wasn't reciprocated. Now, according to this, I should say, okay, I should just have compassion for that person, right. my, my, my spouse, which I did for a while, a right. long time, right. fell out of love, right. had compassion. Compassion right. took me for a few years, until there was just like a total separation. Correct. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I can understand with the body and ourselves, but there, with a love relationship, I can't imagine letting go of all expectations whatsoever. Then you're just living singly. Because I've done it for a long time. Right. It's just live in a house just singly independently and not expect anything
0: from that. Person. That's not a relationship then. It's not a relationship. Exactly. That's not a relationship. So, if you're so wanting you, well you what you wanted to be was in a relationship. You didn't want to cohabitate under a roof.
2: Right.
0: Okay. And so and so okay, so so that other person, you you guys were on you were playing by different ground rules. He wanted maybe just to cohabitate under one roof. And you wanted an intimate relationship where you wanted intimacy. Intimacy. Okay, exactly. so then, so then, you can't expect him to give you what he cannot and is not exactly. willing to give you because he doesn't have it to give. Exactly. He doesn't have that's it. Exactly. The so that's where we came to. So exactly. That that's exactly what perfect. Happened. And so that's perfect. That's perfect because you're not expecting him to give something he doesn't have. that's fine so if you continue to expect him to give something he doesn't have you would resent him Mm -hmm. you would be in a constant state of resentment so then what he's asking you for is please let go of me please let go of me and you're saying I love you. I choose not to resent you or hold you responsible for my happiness. And since you're unhappy with what I have to give in this relationship, then I release you lovingly to find your happiness in your version. Exactly what happened. Well, that's what's supposed to happen. That's exactly what's supposed to happen. That is exactly what's supposed to happen. But see, you, you were not attached to having to have a certain outcome out of it because we can't control the other party. The same thing, when, when, if I'm talking about my neighbor not giving me the smile when we meet at the driveway, his driveway, my driveway, does that mean that I'm going to stop just extending a smile? No, I'm not gonna go into resentment mode. I'm going to get even with you and I'm going to frown at you. I'm going to growl at you because I'm getting even. No, I'm going to smile and expect nothing back. So if I don't ever get a smile back, I'm still going to keep smiling. I might even say hi. It's Fine. If he doesn't want to, and if it gets to the point where he doesn't even look my way, then I'm just going to bless him if I've looked in that direction and notice he will not even loan me his sight line then I will simply bless him as he turns his head down in ignorance of me I'll just bless him because at that point I know that his level of discomfort around something that I have no way of knowing what it is is so great that he can't even face me whatever his situation is it can't be pleasant so if I know he is in a state of suffering and it's so unpleasant then why not go to a place of just simple compassion and just Mm blessing? That way, I'm not grinding my teeth all the way to wherever I was going when I was getting into the car. You know, I let go of it right there in the moment. Bless you. Bye. I'm off. And it can be that way with anything. And so if I've loved my car to death because it's time for it to die and everything has its time of death, but I loved it, till death do us part. Then- <laughs> Oh, I like that. Yeah. Then they death
2: do us part.
0: Exactly. Like <laughs> till death do- that way ever. Okay. Death did us part. Death the... did us part. Exactly, exactly. Perfect. That's what thank it is. <laughs> so I can sleep at night now, thank you. <laughs> well, see, that was it. There you go. That, 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 was, that was your morsel for today. Thank you. <laughs> And so even, even with something as silly as an inanimate object like an automobile, which many people have a tremendous attachment to, you know? And I, I mean, I enjoy my car because it's a toy. It's a toy for me. And so I take care of my toy, just like a little kid takes care of his favorite toy, and he polishes it, and he washes it, and he cares for it. And so that's what it is, until death do us part. And then that will happen. And I will lovingly release the car and get another toy. Simply get, get get a toy for the next level of my life, or stage of my life. You know, the next toy. And so... You do that too. You do that too? I'll just continue on with the
2: joke. Yes, I do that too. You know that you know that toy he sits next to me every Sunday? His name is
1: Matthew.
0: And I do it. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah. It was. Well... And so we we can do that with anything, absolutely anything. And life can actually be, over something so simple, it can be joyful if we find a way of releasing everything to be whatever it is, allowing it to just be. And that's why I'm so high on the concept of acceptance. I mean, that's a really big deal for me, to just accept all things as they are, do the absolute best I can with each thing as it is, and when I can do no more, because the other part is not meeting me anywhere near halfway, because it, it because it's incapable of doing any more. The car may be incapable of giving any more without a complete. Heart, brain, and spine replacement, you know? Meaning new motor, new transmission, and new computer. Well, it may just not be worth it. It's time to just say, unplug the life support system and let the person die or let the car die. You know, indignity, indignity, so, so it's, a, it's a silly metaphor, but it kind of works, kind of works in life. And life really is supposed to be silly, I think. Because life is pretty silly most of the time. Yeah, Jim.
3: Well, it it life is a game. Yeah. It is a game. Yeah. And you know, it's just the way it is. I mean, and and to to address that, well, the whole thing would, would, uh, uh, what 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 you were saying. Sanders. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> you couldn't we re- get re- a block? <laughs> but what Sonny was saying is, you know, it's a matter of being causing the matter. I mean, if the other person's not willing to uh, play the game, play the game mm-hmm. to play the game with you, right. then you know the game's over. Right.
0: Right. So and you and you, and move you don't on. and you don't have to stop loving them once no. the game is over. No. You still love them. Yeah. You love all, You continue to love all the good things that you can remember about why you love them to begin with. Right. And when you let go of the car, then you remember how much you loved the car when the car was giving you everything that you wanted it to give you at that time, and that's what you choose to hold as a memory.
3: Right. I mean, it's it, you know, like if, if I when I play life as a game, uh, you know, what isn't is more important than what is because I'm creating something new all the time. Right. But when I get serious yeah. and I'm going, this is terrible, whatever. When it's serious, like this is it. Uh, not this is it, but when when, uh, when the, what is the situation, the circumstance is more important than the game, then the game's over. Right. So again, life is a game which what isn't is more important than what is.
0: Right. Then, then when when one goes into that mode, then then the game becomes a tragedy. Right. And it's no longer it's no longer the love story, the play that's a love story. It's the play that's a tragedy. But we're believing that it's real rather than a play.
3: Exactly.
0: And so we forget that we're just the actors in this role that we've chosen to take on of the play, and all the other stuff of life are the props. Right. And so. The job is part of the setting and the car is a prop and the TV is a prop, and the sports game on the screen is nothing more than a play within the play. Okay. Or the
3: person that cut you off. If that's that's the, that's your focus, I mean the game's
0: over? Exactly. Well, that that yeah. was just that was just an element in the play. Right. The person that cut you off was an element to add a little bit of spice to the play. But you
3: Could, took it as serious.
0: Well, exa- That's the problem. Yeah. That's and the problem. The, the game's over? Yeah, the game exactly. The game's so, over. that's a really good point. So, let's keep the play as a game. Mm-hmm. It's the game we're playing is 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 a theatrical production that we're becoming masters at doing and it can be as wonderful as we perceive it to be. It's a choice of how we choose to look at it and things come and go in our lives because we want them to because it's part of our nature to be constantly in flux. It is, it is innate for everything to be in flux. Nothing is static. It has to be in movement so it's going to be moving. It's moving apparently linear but not truthfully linear. It's just apparently linear. Just like we get on a road and go straight, but even if, if the road had been built perfectly centered as a belt around the globe, say the equator, a road around the equator, it would appear to be straight, but it really isn't. Right. It really isn't. It just appears to be straight. And so is our time here. It appears to be straight, but it is just as circular as the equator and the road that appears to be straight. And so there's nothing linear about life. Everything is in change. It's turning and it is shifting. And if we want to make it be static, we're gonna suffer because we're trying to make something happen that can't happen. It can't happen. So it's not to say that we can't be in a relationship, a love relationship for a lifetime. No, that is possible but it's going to change tremendously and if both parties are changing tremendously and evolving over 60 or 70 years together then it works and if that's not happening it's not going to work and i can actually choose to keep a car for my entire lifetime and have it become an antique and restore it and yeah. keep you know and keep caring for it and i can but imagine the amount of attention and care and maybe even effort or investment of every form of resource, love and attention and time and money that it takes to, to, to convert a daily driver into um, a, 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 an antique that is preserved and restored for perpetuity. And so it's the same thing. It's all a choice. We can do these things. Yes, Sonny. I can. You, you, can. you, I, I know you lit I like up. It. You lit up with a question mark, and it started flashing. <laughs> <laughs> you got my psychic hit. You're, right. You're right. No, I just
2: listen to it, and I think, wow, because I love your analogy of the car and like a relationship, and I think of you guys being married for so long, and going through all of that. But when you do put that time and investment and money and love and everything else, I mean somehow I have a hard time holding the it's it's a play and it and things are mean or relationships and, and all this effort is meaningless. I'm having a meaning you know, all the lessons, it's meaningless. Is it meaningless? No, not is, is not, it,
0: not in the realm of the physical, it's a very meaningful right.
2: Well,
0: okay. For 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 us in the human realm, it's extremely meaningful. Meaningful. Yes. It's
2: hard to hold though, like the play and the playground, because it's okay. I should scratch that. The illusion, the illusion part of it is hard um, to hold when it's so concrete and meaningful. All that, all that you're doing and putting into. You know what I'm saying?
0: I does I that, do. That makes sense? I, it does make sense. But but look at it. Look at it this way. It's it's meaningful only to the degree of the meaning that you give it. This is what the Course is getting to. We give it the meaning. We're not supposed to extract the meaning from the experience. We're supposed to give the experience the meaning. And so if, and I'm going to paraphrase what I heard you say about your relationship. For 25 years, You gave and gave and gave and loved and loved and loved. And the person finally said, I'm not present. I'm not available. I don't have anything to give. So let's just stop doing this. And so you have a choice of what meaning you give that point of tipping because it's going to tip at that point. Mm -hmm. And so you're you're either going to feel devastated and could say, I have wasted 25 years of my life, yeah, no. okay, I, somebody I, could and many have, everybody, it. Could. everybody yeah. that but goes I, into victim mode goes there, yeah, no, no, no. okay, and so then you, you can say the exact opposite of that to the other extreme and say, you are such a gift to me, oh,
2: I did, yeah, gave me my children, we had a wonderful life for quite a few years, okay, and I blessed,
0: and, and so what was the parents. question now, how is it difficult oh, to I give it meaning mean? then?
2: as a drama or as a play, or as holding it in that realm of it's a play, I guess, is what I was saying. And it's hard to, when you put all the meaning into something, that if it shifts, letting it go to that playground or play, an actor's in a play. Okay. It's hard to go from, I put all this this meaning, and this everything I had into it my whole life, and I was using the, the car as an example. When you make that, that antique right. after 30, 40 years, right. and you put all that time and money and energy and everything, and then let's say you have this beautiful antique, you're in love with it, and something happens to it. poof, <coughs> Or something, somebody steals it, it's gone. You're talking right. about attachments. Right? So then
0: mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. have to, right. Right. right, right you have to. It, it's it's mm-hmm. hard to
2: make the shift into, okay, all this, yeah, I'm just trying to apply what you're
0: saying. Right. Well, it's the it's the, it's the attachment because because let's say that <clears throat> that I've had, <clears throat> I, I mean I've been there done that. Yeah. I, I'm le, 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 I, I used to be in the antique car world as a hobby. Ah. Okay. So that that's probably why that came up, and so and, and I do restore cars as a hobby, and so I had a car of my dreams years ago, that. I had wanted since I was a child, it, it, it happened to be an icon in my mind of an eight-year-old child that I saw in a James Bond movie mm-hmm. and so in, in my mature life I acquired a Rolls-Royce Silver Cloud and had a wonderful, many wonderful experiences with the car club and the touring and the shows and all of that fun stuff of the classic car world. Well, it came to a point, and I had invested a lot of time, energy, and money, and an entire youth of visualizing the having of that someday. I got to a point in my life where it made more sense to release it than to continue to hold it. Because it was just better for me to not have the care and the maintenance and the upkeep and all the requirements and all the financial responsibility and the needing to drive it and needing to do this and this and that and that and that when I wasn't participating in that anymore. And I would simply rather shift. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy all those years of that.
2: Well, you made the choice. Yeah. I'm saying Otherwise, if the, the choice wasn't given you. to you, okay. if that was removed from, from your life and oh, it wasn't
0: your choice. Okay. Let, let's say that it was totaled. In an accident, it was totaled. okay, so then, what am I going to do? I'm either going to go into suffering as a result of my attachment to it or appreciation of the twenty five years I had it, and there, if I really still want it, I can have another one. They still exist. maybe I will have another one. who knows i don't really don't want one now, but who knows if maybe a year or two from now i'll want one i don't know so It's like, am I going to never have another relationship just because my last one ended? No. No, I'm open and receptive to my next wonderful relationship. Actually, I'm vibrating there daily in a sense of anticipation, knowing that that is something that I will experience in this lifetime again. There's a knowingness about that. I'm just not willing to compromise into any state of mediocrity out of a sense of neediness Or an attachment to an idea based on loneliness, you know, those are all the wrong reasons to have a relationship. And so by by focusing on the highest principles of each aspect in life, what do I want this for? That's the question. What do I want the relationship for? What do I want that house for, that particular house? What do I want to be in that neighborhood for? What do I want that job for? What do I want the title for? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that, for me, it's not even why anymore. The whys of life don't really matter. It's the what for of life. What is my intention in this? The intent in having anything because in this dimension that we live, It's all about having. It's all about having. It's about having a relationship, or having a situation, or having an object. It's all about having. What is it having? It's having a life. It's about having a life. And this life that we're having includes those three aspects. So we're always having those three things. The Course is asking us, what is your perception around the having? That's the question. What is your perception around the having? I don't know if that answers your question.
2: Now I want to push it one step
0: further. Push it.
2: Push it. I feel like I'm taking out everybody. This is good.
0: (laughs) This is what this is is about.
2: move on because you are attached and you don't see life ever and I you know I'm speaking from experience and not experience of myself somebody close to me the person cannot th- that has no purpose in life whatsoever now widowers and I'm I'm just, I'm just on the door but widowers I'm sure go through that all the time is what are they getting up for the next morning Doing with their day? Why are they here? Why are they still here? So I think of suffering
0: and loss as the attachment issue. It's,
2: it's an, an attachment, attachment issue. issue. What's
0: Apego. Apego is okay. attachment. <clears throat> so it, it is the same thing. Unfortunately, we, seem, we, we have in our minds given it a greater level of gravity or severity but in the mind of god consciousness it's all the same stuff it's it, you know a, a penny is the same as a billion and so that's the hard part for us to grasp so what can we do after that 25 year relationship and that huge sense of loss and having no finding no purpose in life okay so the reason that that person is finding no purpose in life is because unknowingly, subconsciously, they had given their sense of well-being to that person. They no longer had their autonomous sense of well-being with the enrichment of the other person's life added onto them. That's what it's supposed to be. And so, the sadness is that they're living in a state of dependency on the other person. They're not, that was not an interdependent relationship. That was a codependent relationship, or, or de, codependent and dependent because they play each other. And, and then they'll, they'll, they'll take turns in the opposite as well. You know, it goes back and forth. It's a teeter-totter of dependency and codependency. So it's the interdependency that can enrich the relationship. And, and therefore, in, in an interdependent relationship, there's never gonna be jealousy. Because we allow for autonomy as well. And like it said in the paragraph that we read, then we have no expectation of love because love, true love can expect nothing in return. True love is inevitable to give. If you're feeling true love, if you're really feeling it, you can't help but give it. You, you cannot help yourself you know, it's because you'll you'll bust, you'll bust. It has to flow. So, contrived love is a whole different thing, and that is, I will behave in a loving manner because I want a certain response from you. Why? Because I need it so desperately that I don't feel well if I don't get that feedback from you. Therefore, I'm going to be sweet, I'm going to buy you the gift, I'm going to take you where you want to go, I'm going to nibble on your earlobe and whisper sweet nothings because I'm looking for a big payback so just wait until it's your turn and that is typically how it is and so how often and how easy is it for someone to just simply nibble and love and treat from that place of knowing these are the things that please you and I do it even though you may not give anything in return. Not often. Not often. Now, I can only come from the place of my understanding, and who knows how much I don't understand about life at this point. You know, it's a changing situation for me every moment of every day. It's an enriching process. I can only speak from my place of knowing today at this moment. What I know for me today is that if I'm getting nothing in return after I know in the deepest place of the silence of my heart I am giving to the best of my ability consistently and getting near nothing in return, then I'm just investing in the wrong investment. Mm-hmm. That's, all. That's all that it is. It's just <laughs> find a new investment. There are many investments in the marketplace. And so, you don't keep putting your money in an investment that's never paying any dividends at all. And so, it's not that I'm going to hate that investment that I had. You know, I'm going to get out of coal and go into something else. Okay, coal served me for the time that it served me. It's no longer doing as well in the market and so now I'm going to go into something else. It doesn't have to be about hate and vindication and getting even. And so, it's just about moving on. We can't make a situation change. We can't make an object change from what it is. We can, and we, we can help it to move along if it, if it has the capacity to move along. You know? If, 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 even in an object, if, if the tire got blown out by the curb, no matter how much I want to reconstruct that tire, if it's blown out, it cannot be put back together. I just have to get a new one. You know? And so that's the way it is with some things. You just have to know when it's time to let go of it lovingly. And that's what we term releasing it. We just release it. We don't dump it. We don't throw it out the window. We just release it. Yes, Barbara.
2: I lost my husband of 40 years. Okay, and I looked at you, and I don't know why I looked at you, and then I said, okay, <laughs> why I at you. But the
1: relationship was, was the strength that, that, that he gave me. I don't think I realized how strong that the relationship was until after he died, that I was able to get out of bed. I was able to function because of the relationship that we had which was a good one. Mm-hmm. So when you when you have that kind of a relationship, and you can look back and say, "He did okay. I can get out of it. I can function right. because of the strength that we did have for each other. it
2: mm-hmm. made yep. really strong." Mm-hmm. And I feel that's, sorry for that really that, that person and because it's terrible. She can't go. She just there's plus there's illness. She had cancer as well, so there's illness that she's having to get up with every day as well. Sure. It's just a sad situation. Well, that he was he died, he died with, And
1: then I was diagnosed when he was still ill with breast cancer. So wow. it was it was a double whammy. That's and then when my son died in nineteen ninety eight. That's when I couldn't get out of bed. Uh-huh. That was when I couldn't get out of bed. I could not get out of bed. But we gave to each other through that whole period of time strength that the, the two of us gave to each other was, was just I realize it. You know sometimes I think I realize it can't be more for eight like years. Like each day I, I each day I thank God and I thank him for that strength that I can I have kids, girls too so Yes, Jim. Yeah,
3: yeah I mean, it's, it 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 all boils down to what you're saying is, is that that <coughs> everything comes from within, and if we're dealing from within, then then we can move on to the next thing and give up our attachment to the way we think it is, or maybe right. we want it to be, or whatever, and 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 move on. But if we if we live from the, the things on the outside are what affect me. Then, you know, I'm affected by everything, and I, I can't live that way. I can only live from within, and and whatever happens, like you're saying, is whatever happens out here is just you know a reflection of who I am in here, and it's showing me what I can, what works and what doesn't work, and what I can do to crea- create 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 something different or let go of something and and uh, move on. I mean, it's a journey we're on rather than a destination. You don't realize how
1: strong you are sometimes yeah. right, until you have to reach within yourself right. to find that strength. And when you actually find it, you think, oh my gosh, I found
0: this in me, right? Yeah. And, and then you're at another level. Once once you cross that hurdle, you've You've always evolved to another echelon of human expansion. You will never go back to being less than what you are today. And so in having transcended something, gotten beyond it, you worked muscle, you worked emotional muscle in order to get to a greater place. That's yours. You've, you've done that. That doesn't get undone. It's like you don't ever forget how to add two and two. That's, it's there. So now it's a matter of taking everything that we carry with us as our gifts from all of the experiences, from all of the objects and from all of the people of our lives. All of those experiences have enriched the experience of our lives and that's what we bring to the next experience that we're going to have. The very next one brings everything as a predecessor to us. And so that's where wisdom comes in. How do we apply that, the learning of life, how do we apply it to the next piece of life? And that's the question where spirit comes in, the soul comes in, and we can always ask our higher self, our soul self, to assist in the integration of our full life experience into our present moment and that's when we can behave and come at anything from a place of wisdom. When we take take the spirit and the humanity, the experience of spirit and the experience of humanity as a totality and integrate the two and fuse them, that's how it shows up in this plane. As wisdom, mm-hmm. and it comes from within. From within, right. because all of our experiences, it no. and, and notice that that within is is not only the spiritual peace; it is the human peace too. Because within is where it's held. All of the emotions, all of the memories, and all of the learning of every human experience is held within. It's all it's all held in consciousness, which is within. All of it comes from the heart supposedly and then gets translated through the mind to show up in life as a new experience. But it all comes from the heart. And so it's all within. The only thing that is without or outside of us is the stage. That's the only thing that's out there is the stage. And, and Sonny, when, when you were saying, how do I reconcile all of this stuff that's going on if I've invested so much and it's not showing up and it's, it's not playing out the way that I wanted it to. Well, my answer is I'm the author of the play. I'm the playwright and I'm, I'm the producer and the manager and the production company And so I wrote before opening night, I had written the whole thing and asked creation, asked the creator to give me the stuff necessary, the substance required in order to create the stage, meaning our planet and creation. And so... I was given, by the big kahuna, the stuff for the stage. Excuse me, what's the stage? The stage, el escenario. The stuff for the stage. And and then everything else is mine to play with. So how could I, if, if I'm the author of the script, and I actually did the casting for all of the players that are in my play, I did the casting and chose them. I, I'm speaking from a soul level. My soul chose everyone that's in the cast. My parents, my brother, my neighbors, my spouses. Yeah. Okay. And so all everything is my own playwright. So why would I be disappointed with anything that's going on in the play? when it's just my own vision of an interesting execution of a drama, a comedy, or a love story, or maybe some of each. At different stages, it evolves from one to another because I want it to have greater interest and variety because it's a long play. It's about 100 years in, 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 in playing out.
3: Yeah, up to hundred years or
0: so. Yeah. So I want lots of different chapters. So then if my answer is, if I'm writing the play and producing it, why would I be disappointed with any of the outcomes in the play? Mm-hmm. And you're the actor. And I'm the I get I get to take the lead whenever I want it. And I get to take second lead or third lead whenever I want a little bit of a rest. And I have periods in my life when I really want to be you know, really creating, really creating, really creating with the focus on my creation and other times I want to just kind of sit back and coast a bit in life and just enjoy what I've created and I don't want to be heavily creating right then because I tired myself out. And then, what happens a few months later, I get bored of my own desire to chill out and to take it easy and coast and so I stir up the soup again and throw in a couple of more interesting aspects into my plate. A little jalapenos, right? A little jalapenos, yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: Aren't they? We all are. That wouldn't resonate with all of us. <laughs>
3: You've got to live quite a few years to get
2: that, and you're right.
0: But we do do that. We do do that.
2: Absolutely. 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 So
3: get to choose a new, new
2: app.
3: Exactly.
0: It's A soup without spice Exactly. I so, so then the answer... to to your premise is so true in that we can delight in every aspect of the play that we're producing. And just knowing the knowing, it's a deep sense of knowing that I've chosen this at the deepest level of the I am. I'm choosing to have every single one of these experiences because they're leading me to the contrast of the next thing that I've written in the play as a script but has not yet been executed it's just not yet played itself out and the only reason that I don't know what it is right now what I've written is because my soul wrote it and wants to delight me and surprise me in because I choose to also be the actor and the protagonist in this play that I wrote. So I need a sense of mystery and a sense of wonder and surprise in this. So that's that's where this will begin to speak to the dream state, the amnesia, the falling asleep, the, the waking up to, the recognizing the dream state, all of that, that's part of God acting as if he had forgotten. Basically just... Went into a nap so that the play could play out and could delight in something that would appear or seem to be new or unknown. We're doing the exact same thing macro, micro. Imagine what I, my craziness tells me at the deepest level that our experience, everything that we're living and feeling and questioning at this micro level is exactly what's happening at the macro level. And so, God of my understanding has created a, a cosmos as His stage and put into His play all of the galaxies, all of the universes which have put into their play a play within a play, all of the galaxies, which have put into their own play, a play within a play, this solar system. And so it goes from macro to less and less and less and less. And then it becomes I. At some point, it's, it's that all the way down to I. And so it's all the same thing at a different level of expansiveness, but it's all the same thing. So, imagine how delightful if we could get to the belief that the life that I'm experiencing is identical in concept to the life that God of my understanding as a supreme being is experiencing. Equal to. But I'm doing it at the level that is appropriate and proportionate to the God that I am, the individuation of God that I am. I'm living a life proportionate to my divinity, and it is living an experience proportionate to its divinity, which is infinite, minus finite at this level. But they really are synonymous. If, we're, if we believe in the principles of unity, that everything is one and that as above so below and that everything is a mirroring because there is only one with two aspects or a sense of polarity which are the two aspects of any one thing then we would need to accept from our own definition our own conviction that I am having a God experience it's as simple as that I'm having a God experience and this this world that I live in is my soul's creation it is my soul's creation. So why would I find fault in anything that my soul is creating? I'm supposed to just be surprised by it. Because otherwise, what's the point of the whole thing? What is the point of life if it's not to be surprised and delighted by it? Aren't we always looking to be surprised and delighted by our lives? We, nobody likes to be bored by life. No one wants a boring life. We want to be delighted by our lives. We want to have a delightful life. Well, to be delighted requires some surprise because if you always know exactly what's going to happen before it happens, there's no possibility of being delighted. Mm-hmm. There would be no purpose in having a life if we knew what the outcome of everything was going to be before it occurred. What would be the point? No point. So, it's time for a break. Thank you. You are my alarm clock. I appreciate you so. (laughs) Okay. Let us take a break and we'll come back in a moment. Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. So, we are back from our break and we'll continue with the next paragraph of the text, which states only minds can really join. And whom god has joined no man can put asunder however only at the level of christ mind that true union is possible and has in fact never been lost the little eye seeks to enhance itself by external approval external possessions and external love the self that god created needs nothing It is forever complete, safe, loved, and loving. It seeks to share rather than to get, to extend rather than to project. It has no needs and wants to join with others out of their mutual awareness of abundance.
3: That's all about a lot of things we were just discussing.
0: It is, and it's, it's no surprise that we got ahead of the text, because that's, that's just how life flows. When you're on a frequency, the frequency takes you by momentum to the next level. This is why it's so good to keep an upbeat when they say, that person's really upbeat. That upbeat is their momentum. It's their impulse in life. And so I would rather have momentum than have to be grunting my way by efforting through life. So I don't, I want to put the brakes on as infrequently as possible. I want the momentum behind me. So what what this is talking about here is that that which is true, our essence, our Self that God created, that's what it says. The self that God created, what is that? Our soul. That's our soul. And so that is the part that is immutable, that is unalterable, that cannot be moved out of its center because it has no other possibility but to be. It can't be out of center or on center. It can't miss the mark. It can't make a mistake. It can't fall into sin. It can't um, perceive erroneously because it's part of that with a capital T. It's, it is a, an individuation of God of our understanding is what the soul is. It's like the drop of water taken from the ocean. So every time that our conscious state of awareness, and here's the ticket, this is the part that I'm going to try to find words to explain something that's unexplainable. If we can come from a place of conscious awareness, become aware enough of the polar opposites that comprise our totality in this third dimension. Our totality of the human condition is divinity and humanity. That's our totality. That's why... What do you mean? Excuse me?
2: Awareness?
0: Awareness. Yeah, what do you mean? Awareness. Um, consciente no? Consciente de. Consciente de. O, o hacer conciencia de algo. Flows. Flow? Yeah. Fluye. Fluye. De fluir. Okay. So, if we can become conscious of our two aspects at the level of consistent awareness to become aware of my divinity, that, that's something that I never began to think about until 30 years ago. I spent the first 30 years of my life never thinking of my divinity. I just, I had a life, that's all. This is my life and these are my problems and that's all that was. And so, if, if we can get to a place of self-awareness where that aspect of me that is not tangible becomes real to me, like an understanding that it is the best part of me. It's almost like the air that I breathe, I'm never aware of it. I mean, I'm never aware of it unless I do a meditation that's based on pranayama breathing, then I become slightly aware of it. But I become only aware of the process of breathing, not of the air itself, because I can't be aware of the air itself. It's like a fish being aware of water. <laughs> so, But I can be aware of the process of it. Kind of like the the stream that a jet plane leaves behind in the sky. That's the only way that we know that that jet is actually being propelled. We can't see any other form of propulsion other than the stream it leaves behind. The, the, the tail trace. And so, if I can connect with the feeling of the tail trace of my divinity, the feeling of my divinity, what does that feel like? How else would I know that that divinity resides in me, that I am divinity having a human experience in this flesh and blood? activating my five senses. My divinity, my soul, is giving life or animating my five senses in order to be able to perceive through my sensorial physiology. But without my soul as the animator, this would only be a marionette, an inanimate marionette that has no activator behind it. It would be a lump on a log, like a marionette is when it drops to its little stage because its animator is not animating it. And so, our whole experience here at this realm is an animation. So, what is an animation in our context of thinking in this world? When we use the word animation, a movie that's an animation, it's an animated movie or an animated clip, it's usually a series of cartoon or caricature type light visual elements that have been given the semblance of life and movement as we know to be real life movement. And so then we become, the animator becomes the god force of the animation on the screen. Okay, the, the artist. Actually, in some realms, that kind of caricature archi- uh, artists are known as animators. Yeah, if I can, I'll try. Because I've never thought about this before, and that was not something I've ever seen written anywhere. So you know where that came from. <laughs> Let me see. An, an animated scene in a movie is the imagination of an artist, a rendering artist, that is putting these images in sequence
1: that part i understood okay it was the part after that that i needed to have here again
0: okay let me see if i can get to what that was
1: what gives it life what gives it life
0: yeah. okay so so what is giving that animation life is the person that is drawing it, right. it that's the animator right. that's the animator and so that is the That is the God-force. That is the force that is giving life to that caricature. So, we, if I were a graphic designer creating that, I would be the God of that animation. And so, this body is nothing more than an animation. That's all it is. And God-force Universal consciousness is my animator. Ah, uh, this image that you're seeing is the caricature literally. And so, the god force in me is animating this caricature that without that creative force, the creative force because it's 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 creativity. I I was created by god of my understanding. And so that creative force is giving life to this human experience. If I can get to the point of having that present in my conscious awareness all the time, rather than almost none of the time, which is where I used to be, my life is transformed. Everything takes on a whole different picture. When I know that something far greater than my human experience is giving the experience the possibility of even happening, of existing. So, my sorrow, my sense of lack, my challenge, or my joy, or my delight in anything that is a a happening to me, where's it coming from? Where is that awful stuff coming from? Where is that wonderful stuff coming from? If not from the same source? It's all coming how from how you in an animal. What is it? in an animal? Because okay. It, what is it in an animal?
3: Yeah, no, okay. they okay.
0: call, or, or, okay. I know. Okay, I'm going to gonna try to answer you, okay? And the, and the operative word here is try because I'm a different kind of animal and I don't remember clearly when I was a dog, okay?
3: <laughs> Even
0: though I have a clue, I don't remember exactly. <laughs> okay, so, what I believe what I believe to be true based on my Akashic record access, <laughs> is that they have chosen to take a break and have a less intense experience and are really into chilling out and just being in bliss the whole time. And so that is a choice the soul makes, whether it wants an expansive supercharged experienced with a turbocharged engine or it just wants to coast along and take a break and just enjoy and be in bliss and then you get to become a cat and everybody's petting you all the time (laughs) they're in bliss all the time they're in a state of bliss they are my meditation teachers absolutely Absolutely I, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. I mean, I learned to go into the deepest levels of meditation having my cat on my lap Brought me to the deepest levels of meditation ever to begin with now. I can reproduce it without the cat But that cat knows how to stay completely Awake with its head propped up and be in deep meditation never falling asleep Goes into la-la land and the body never drops and so They are perfect meditation teachers. So why is the bird a bird? Because it wants to be singing all the time. It just wants to rejoice in life, and it even sings about the sunshine. And so the minute the sun comes up, it's so happy that it starts singing. So imagine to have a life that makes you so happy that you even want to sing about the sun coming up. And that's what they do. They sing about the sun coming up, spend all day long singing and eating and, 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 and nurturing each other because they're picking little things off of each other and fluffing each other's feathers and flying in unison effortlessly, effortlessly. They're just enjoying life. They, they came wanting to just experience the life force flow through them without any questioning whatsoever. They're just flowing as life. That's it. They're flowing as life, not even with life, as life. We're trying to flow with life because we're putting up roadblocks all along the way, which is divine in itself because that is what is allowing us to experience greater and greater contrast which is giving us broader and broader experience and greater and greater um, ability to reflect and choose. The rest of the world as we know it does not reflect and they don't choose. They are operating uh, at the... Um, oh. I don't want to say intuitive, I don't want to say innate. Uh, what, what is the animal world is operating at the instinctive. That's the one I was looking for, at the instinctive level, which is a form of spiritual automation. It, it's not robotization of the human world. It's spiritual automation. It doesn't get any better than that. You know, and so I'm trying to, to be on spiritual autopilot from a higher place of consciousness where I can still operate in the third dimension and then I can be in a state of bliss while I'm consciously aware and engaging in the play of life joyfully and the, the whole play this whole play is about finding that equilibrium finding that balance it's about walking on the tightrope that's it I'm learning to walk on that tightrope so I've decided to just enjoy it and every time I fall off the tightrope I just know that there's a trampoline and a really comfy net underneath that's gonna catch me I just know that I know that I know that I know so I don't worry about falling off of the of, of the tightrope anymore sometimes it's the trampoline and I'm gonna bounce around a few times here and there I'm gonna bounce around until I get on my feet again boom-ga-boom-ga-boom-ga-boom and I finally get on my feet because <laughs> that's what a trampoline does you know, sometimes I fall off into the net and I'm laying flat on my back in the net. I didn't get hurt. I'm there, but I think I got hurt. So I just kind of lay there for a while as if I were in a hammock and go, God, what is this all about? I got the wind knocked out of me. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I spooked myself, you know, but I'm okay because I'm just laying in the net But now what happens really frequently, and this is where I have a charmed life, really frequently, is when I'm falling off of this typewire, this bird happens to be flying by right at that time, spreads its wings, and picks me up, and sets me down on the ground with my feet on the ground. And then I just well up with tears, and go by the grace of God go I what a wonderful life most people call those birds angels and I've got lots of them, lots of them I am leading a miraculous life absolutely it's one after the other for me to even be here and be able to talk about this is a miracle in itself based on my history, my trajectory, what I've come through, it is absolutely miraculous for me to be here tonight talking about this this way. And I know from a level of conviction that it's only going to get better because that's what I believe to be true. So if we get back to the text that we were reading here, the self that God created needs nothing So, if we become aware of that self, conscious of that self, connected with that self that's part of me, then the other stuff, the little I that seeks to enhance itself by external approval, I get to manage that from another place. You know, the big guy gets to manage the little guy. It's like I'm going to mentor you. I'm going to tutor you. I'm going to take you by the hand and coddle you and show you the right path. So it's like I'm now doing all that I can to let my soul be the guiding force in my life, rather than my personality take on the power of getting anything done by action alone. And that's what the course is focused on teaching us, how to integrate that dual aspect of my humanity, that polar component where unity, the unity of my human being or being human, which is a unified, field, having two aspects or two opposite poles, it has a soul and it has a physical expression. So there's the physical and the non-physical, divinity or spirituality or spirit or soul and the human senses in form. And to bring those two aspects of my totality into full integration What is integration becoming one? Something that is fully integrated, it it becomes like an amalgam. It becomes one and you can't tell one apart from the other. They're fused, they're melded, a melding. And so when I am in that state of being melded, I have not a clue what it is to suffer anything. When I am not melded, then I go into a place of suffering. And and this is what this is stating. The God that creates, that God created needs nothing. It is forever complete. It feels safe and loved and loving. It seeks to share rather than to get. So always it's about the what can I give in life? How can I extend something in this situation? If 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 I'm at the opposite end of this in the first part of this paragraph, where I was in a state of wanting for myself and expecting something of love from something or someone <coughs> in a state of expectation <coughs> I need to find a way to shift into this next paragraph and know that i'm really needing nothing. I'm lacking nothing. I am all things. I have all things. And anything else (coughs) that I choose to experience in life, at the outer level, I need to be willing to give it first, (coughs) to extend it first. And this is where it states here that our minds between all people, meaning all animals as well, meaning all creation as well, because everything is mind. We understand that in unity, that everything is mind consciousness. Everything has consciousness in it. And so since God of our understanding created the planet, the universe, the plants, the um, mineral world, and the animal world, we are part of all of that mind of God, or cosmic mind. So only minds can really join. So. We can join with the planet, we can be connected to nature, we can be connected to the vegetation, we can be connected to the animal world, and then we are one. And and in that state, there can be no sense of separation. No man can put us under. When, When we are connected at that level, whatever the other guys are doing, that's what the other guys are doing, it doesn't have any effect on me. When, when I'm connected with the forest preserve, or with the ocean, or with a palm tree, or with a cat purring on my lap, any craziness can be going on around me, and if I'm connected with the opposite of craziness, it doesn't matter how crazy it is out there. So that's what that's talking about, and we can choose to be in that state as often as we want, and permanently, if we're proactive in bringing to the surface that awareness of who we really are rather than who we think we are. Whenever I think I'm just my body, I'm just my life experience, I'm going to suffer because there's stuff going on around that's just not pleasant for me. You know, if I listen to the news, it's not pleasant. If I, if, 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 if I have arthritis in my left knee, it's not pleasant. And so I can get to the point where I don't put the focus on the news or the focus on the arthritis of my knee. And I can actually say at any moment in time, I'm going to focus on the potential of the full restoration and healing of my knee rather than the arthritis of my knee. So it doesn't mean that I ignore my knee is that I focus on my knee in a different way, from a different point of view. I choose to perceive it differently. That which was a problem becomes an opportunity for me to refocus. So thank you for the discomfort knee. Thank you for the momentary pain. Now, I'm going to go into my higher self and I'm going to channel that higher energy, the divine energy that's keeping me breathing and my heart pumping and my mind thinking, that animates me and I'm going to consciously choose to visualize directing that energy that is already in me, I'm just going to focus on directing it toward my knee. Because that's what's keeping me alive so it can clearly transform that knee into what it originally was to begin with if I focus on it with enough conviction and constancy. I can't do it for a second and then go back to, oh my God, my knee hurts so much. I have to stay in the conviction consistently of I am deserving of restorative healing. I am deserving of living a life, as long as I'm meant to live, that is nurturing to my physical sensorial experience, that is upholding my highest and well-being, my highest sense of well-being. I am deserving of this. And it is only my mistaken belief and mistaken perceptions from the bombardment of the external world through my senses, from all the things I read and the billboards I see and the infomercials I listen to and the news that creeps into me around... How I must deteriorate in order to age. That aging and deterioration go hand in hand. And on some level, I bought into believing that because I heard it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And that became my belief. Whereas there's an option, and I can choose to believe what the primitive tribes of the planet are still believing to some of them, what's left of them, that are unaffected by the media and the modern world, which is less and less each day, are still believing that by their connection to the pulse and the vibration of the natural field of energy that is in the planet that they live on and step on, the greenery that protects and surrounds them and they feed off of, and the animal world that... In some cases keeps them company. In other cases serves them as animals for work in order to help in their life and in their uh, crops. And in other cases serves them as uh, nourishment like the animal world serves itself as nourishment. One prey upon the other and they give their life for one another lovingly because it is part of their nature to do so that is instilled in them from the moment of soul. So when a human being can be aware of all of that perfection in the natural process, then they can live to be 100, 110, 120, and simply just expire, never having had a malady, having experienced Slowing down, because in the slowing down, they get the gift of becoming more aware and more conscious because their pulse and their physical speed is more aligned with the beingness of the world that surrounds them. And so, as the cow is grazing, they are grazing in companionship with that cow, just grazing. As the cat is meditating, they are meditating with the cat that is meditating. They're not in the doingness of life, they're in the beingness of life. And so they bless the slowing down of their bodies as they're aging, never having the need to embrace Alzheimer's or diabetes or cancer or any other malady that the modern world is seeing today and they just simply when they've met the mark, when they hit the bullseye perfectly and say, I have reached my goal at soul level in this expression of life, then it's time to let go of the packaging. And then they just release the body and move on to whatever other experience the soul is choosing to take on at that point. That's a state of total connection, that's a state of knowing. That that is the expression of what this paragraph is talking about in the physical form. That's it. That's total connection right there. That means no suffering. Total connection is no suffering. It doesn't mean we're not going to bump our shins or, um, you know, get a pimple or cut our finger uh, chopping onions. You know, and that's going to hurt. We're going to have pain. But that's not suffering. That's pain. It's not suffering. And the finger's going to heal, and then the pain goes away. So the Course is going to continue to show us that suffering is all an illusion. All suffering is an illusion, not pain. All suffering is an illusion, and therefore it is not real. And that which is not real can be overridden by our perception. We can override by generating a new perception, at will, at will. And so I've now been able to prove that to myself sufficiently enough in, in this, the past 40 years where I believe it, even though I fail at it, sometimes I fail at it much, much less than I ever did before. And therefore, it is believable for me. So since I've hit quite a few home runs now. Now I know that I can hit a home run and so I strive to be hitting home runs as often as possible. I no longer believe that I'm not capable. So it's just, it's a game of mastery. That's what it is. We're becoming masters at the play of life.
1: Self-mastery. Pardon? Self-mastery
0: self-mastery, self-mastery, self with a capital S, the higher self, self-mastery. Yes, that's it. And, and that, on that note, that's a perfect place to conclude today. And, and it is one minute to nine. So again, synchronicity is on our side. And so it is. Thank you so much, all of you. Thank, Thank you so you. much.